Hi guys, welcome to my second episode of The Troubles. Thank you so much for coming back and listening again. So this episode is actually going to focus on the civil rights movement of The Troubles. So the civil rights campaign began in the 1960s in order to draw attention to the grievances of all the Catholics in Northern Ireland. Now this campaign actually brought thousands of people onto the streets of Ireland, mainly in Derry, to put pressure on the government. It is likely that the success of the campaign was brought from outside of attention that caused even more pressure on the government. So as these people were campaigning for their civil rights, more and more people outside of the country were learning about this and they themselves were actually the ones putting more pressure on the government. Now, one of the major events was on October 5th, 1968, which was a march, and it was actually banned in Derry, but when 400 people tried to continue marching in defiance, the police force had to come in and break up the march with batons and exerting violence. Now, many people were hurt, and this event was filmed on camera, and within minutes, minutes, had gone viral throughout the country and many other countries, And the nationalists were so outraged over this event that the next march over the same route on the same street attracted over 10,000 people. Now, about nine years later, further conflict in 1968 led the British to deploy troops in Northern Ireland. The British government also forced the Northern Ireland government to pass new reforms, reforms that the Republicans did not support. Now, events began to spiral out of control with the emergence of the provisional IRA. Now, the NICRA campaigned against this, and at a rally in Derry on Sunday, January 30th, 1972, the British Army shot dead 13 demonstrators and injured 14 others. This event, which is essentially referred to as Bloody Sunday, marked the end of mass street demonstrations in order to achieve civil rights. Now, the soldiers who were actually responsible for the deaths of these people claimed that they had only fired at those who were threatening them by holding guns and or bombs. Now, contrary to the soldiers' testimony, witnesses stated that none of the deceased or injured were holding any weapons of any kind and that the soldiers had um, shot just to shoot. Now, I was actually going to do my third episode on the peace process, but I would actually like to put it together. And so on April 10th, 1998, representatives of the party signed an an agreement called the Good Friday Agreement, which was essentially the declarance of peace. And now this agreement, the Good Friday Agreement, outlined the necessary steps to achieve peace and the order in which these steps should be taken. Now, the deal was struck and created a power-sharing government that included political forces aligned with the armed groups. Now, many members of the IRA, which are the Republicans, disagreed with the ceasefire because they did not believe that the peace agreement was enough. They did not want Britain and they wanted to be independent. So this agreement did not satisfy them in the least. So these members then split up from the group and formed another group called the real IRA. Now, however, even though there has been the peace treaty signed, these people continue to cause this tension in the country because they are still not satisfied with what they were given. Now, due to this, the, this emergence of the new group, K 
came the event of the bomb in Omaga. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but I'm just going to go with that. And this was actually considered the single worst incident during the whole conflict. It occurred on Saturday, August 15, 1998, which was after the Good Friday Agreement. And it resulted in 29 deaths and hundreds injured. The bomb had been planted close to the junction of Market Street and the Dublin Road in the center of Omega. Now, Tony Blair, the the then British Prime Minister, condemned the attack as an appalling act of savagery and evil by people determined to wreck the peace process. Now, Bertie Ahern, then Tessa Search, Search, I'm not sure I said that right either, um, who was the Irish Prime Minister, described the event as the most evil deed in years and said that those responsible would be ruthlessly pursued. Now, the leaders of Northern Ireland's four main churches joined together to condemn the bomb attack. There were also messages from Bill Clinton, the President of the United States, the Pope, and the Queen who sent a message of sympathy. Now, the bomb also promoted the Irish Republican Socialist Party, the IRSP, to issue a statement calling on the Irish National Libertarian Army to announce a ceasefire. The group called itself the Real IRA, issued a statement claiming responsibility for the bomb, and then a second statement saying that all military operations had been suspended. So this goes to show that even though the peace treaty had been signed, tensions still endure as well as violence. Now, it's not as much as there was before, but there continue to be struggles within Northern Ireland. Now, in the present day, there is actually a problem that might arise in the future. Basically, as you know, or maybe some of you don't, but the United Kingdom is exiting European the, U- the European Union. Now, as for Northern Ireland, because they are essentially owned by the United Kingdom, it could complicate their border arrangements, throwing its future into doubt once again. Now, Northern Ireland's not going to like this conflict between their border arrangements and the, the exit of the European Union, which will likely cause more issues in the future about independence and rejoining Irish as one. So hopefully, with more events in the future, it will be something that I'd like to add to my podcast. But I'm, I hope you enjoyed, and I hope they y'all enjoy enough to come back if there is a new episode thank you so much for listening bye bye